0: Today's episode is brought to you by online class student G. Marie Pasquarelli. If you've been waiting to take the online writing class brought to you by the School of Laughs, now's the time with a special 20% offer all the way through the end of the year. That's right, enter code BETTERCOMEDY at checkout and get 20% off the silver edition of the stand-up comedy level one writing class online. You can find that class at SchoolOfLaughs.com and check the online writing class link. Thanks, G. Marie. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here with a fun after-school special episode of the School of Last podcast. One of my favorite things to do is teach the comedy classes, but I also love to hang out afterwards and just kind of shoot the breeze. Find out what these students are thinking, what's on their mind, uh, why they took the class in the first place. It's always interesting the different angles people have on why they took the class. And uh, we do that today. We sit around five or so students from my most recent writing class. And we talk about, you know, what to expect when you first hit your first open mic. uh, How to get on a Speakers Bureau showcase, or at least how to get on their radar to get on a showcase. We talk about whether you should test out your jokes on your friends and family before you take them to the stage. And if you do, uh, what to expect and how to gauge that reaction. A lot of talk today about characters, how to add characters from your videos into your stand-up or just straight into your stand-up for the first time, do a couple questions on that. And we talk about the benefits of taking improv and acting classes to help you develop those characters, as well as how do you know if you're headed the right direction after you get started. Lots of good information in this episode, and can't wait to share it with you. I do want to say thank you to my Patreon sponsors who have kept the podcast alive. Without them, the podcast would have croaked back in August or so. Uh, About halfway to the goal for sponsorship of the podcast, so... Uh, Just to be up front with you, at the end of the year, I'm going to kind of take stock. And if we don't have enough sponsors through Patreon for the podcast, what I'm going to do is scale back the podcast to twice a month instead of every single week. Since we've got about half the sponsors that I was looking for, I'll just do about half the shows (laughs) that I'm doing. But it it does take a lot of time, and uh, sponsoring the podcast has been a big help at least mentally, for me to commit the time each week to do it, even though it is one of my favorite things to do. I still have my stand-up comedy career going full steam ahead, and I have to carve out time to do the podcast. So if you're thinking about sponsoring, feel free to go ahead and log in to schooloflast.com forward slash Patreon. And when you do that, you get to be involved with the Google Hangouts that we do. Lots of fun on the Google Hangouts. In fact, let's listen to some recent people that were on the Google Hangout and see what they think about it.
2: John Peters, I just wanted to thank you for the Patreon Google Hangouts I just got off of a couple hours ago. Really enjoyed it. It's great uh, being online, seeing your face and listening to your wisdom, your comedic wisdom, plus also uh, hanging out with uh, other comedians. Uh, I laughed a lot, and it really helped me putting my jokes together, learning proper joke structure, but uh, more importantly, the encouragement that comes from talking to other comedians and seeing the different uh... places they are in their comedy growth and uh... so i was very encouraged by that hangout looking forward to some more i'm getting addicted to google hangouts with rick roberts this is Rhonda corey i just hung out with rick and some of the other patreon sponsors today um, each of us brought a joke that we were working on and together we were able to hash it out if you're not a patreon sponsor you're missing out
0: So there you go. That's what they said, not what I said. They're enjoying the Google Hangouts and everything that goes along with Club 52. So maybe you want to be part of that. Uh, Again, just check out schooloflast.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N for more information. All right, let's get into this week's episode, an after-school special, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. We're doing an after-school special. We just finished the third of three writing classes. And I've got a handful of students that stuck around to kind of pick my brain and find out some more things about comedy that maybe we didn't cover in the class. And first up, why don't you introduce yourself and tell them why you took the class in the first place.
3: Hi, my name is Cassandra. I'm a musician. And I took the class out of curiosity and for fun, too, but also because I wanted to improve my stage banter and find out maybe if this is something that I could do on the side for fun, as well as being a musician.
0: And what do you think? you think it might be something you could do on the side?
3: Um, If I survive my first open mic, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) Maybe.
0: The first open mic's a a tricky one, right? Is that what you're wondering about?
3: That's what I was wanting to know about today. I was wondering, now that we've concluded the class, uh, what happens on the day of your first open mic, and how do you not die in the process of completing your first open mic, if you complete it?
0: Yeah, the first open mic is going to be Super nerve-wracking, no matter how you approach it. So just know that right off the bat. Maybe that will relax you a little bit. But it's going to be weird. Um, I, I do recommend visiting the venue and watching the open mic the previous week or maybe two weeks before you go up so you kind of get a feel for it. And you'll also see who hosts the show. And when there's a dead spot in the show or maybe before the show even rolls, if you see that they're the person that runs it, ask them, you know, I might be trying this next week or maybe in a couple of weeks. First off, what time should I get here to sign up? What's that process like? Is there a number I'm supposed to call? Is there Should I be here by 6 o'clock for an 8 o'clock show? Just you know, find out that info so you know who to connect with. How much time do a, would I get? And would I know in advance when I go up in the show? Or is it just drawing names out of a hat, kind of learn the process? So at least when you first want to go up on stage, you don't have to worry about all that. You can kind of troubleshoot that the week before, two weeks before. Then the first open mic, you're going to walk in there and you're going to feel like everybody's staring at you. You're like, they, they know I haven't done this before. Everybody, they already, they already think I'm not funny. It's going to be all the stuff rolling in your head, you know. And you're going to be trying to find reasons to leave the room. Like, you know what, my cat probably needs to be fed again. I need to get out of here. I really should be doing this other thing. And you're going to want to walk out. I think everybody feels it. You know, it's just the way it is. You're anxious. But just take some deep breaths. Uh, just relax a little bit. I advise not drinking too much before your first time on stage because then it's going to be a blur anyway. You might think it's going to relax you, but it might it may relax you so much you can't enunciate. Uh, but people do their own thing, whatever you need to do to get in your zone. And then you'll know ahead of time the four or five-minute set, whatever you've got to do, so you've had time to prepare that. And really look that set list over a lot. You might get there an hour before the show starts because you have to to sign up. And just look at your set list. It's going to be tempting to talk to a lot of people and just be social or whatever. But just look at your list. Make sure you know the first thing you're going to say when you hit the stage and the last thing. If you get lost in between, you can go right to your last thing. You don't want to get up there and try to remember your first thing. So just practice saying your first couple of lines. Say it in your head. Then when it's time for you to get up there, I, I still to this day after twenty five years I take three or four really deep breaths and just kind of calm myself down and get the oxygen in my blood so I can be thinking clearly. That oxygen in your blood goes to your brain. It helps you think. And as they're introducing me, I don't. I try not to let the audience see that, you know. But I I'm doing that for my own benefit. And just go up there and make eye contact. Move that microphone stand behind you and deliver that first line the way you want it to deliver. And make sure you get off to a good, strong start. If that works, hopefully your second joke is right there in your memory bank. I find for me if I get a laugh early, I relax and I remember more stuff. And so go through your set. Try to hit that last joke where you need to hit it. And then when you get off stage, you can start to analyze it. But don't get stuck analyzing your set on stage. It'll drive you crazy and you'll get off off track. Just go. This is the next joke I got to go to. Go to it. Deliver it. Save all the self doubt for later on, because there's going to be some later on. Even if the great show, you're like, oh, I could have done this better. With the bad show, you learn a lot of stuff. But just know that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. It's not. And any show I do now, I picture before how it's going to turn out. It's never the way I, they're either better than I thought they were going to be, or they're different than I thought they were going to be. They're never worse than I thought they were going to be. It's just it was not exactly what I envisioned and just make peace with that. Go back, listen to your set the next day. Maybe two days later, if you listen to it that night, you still might be amped up and like, oh man, I, I did suck. you know. <laughs> two days later, you might go, no, they were laughing. I just didn't give, my ch- give myself a chance to hear it. And then just reload and come back the next week. And I would say, plan on doing 10 open mics b- before you quit. Don't just do one and go, ah, that didn't work. Do 10. Give yourself the minimum of 10 before you decide if you like doing the open mics or not. Because I think if you do 10, you're going to find you did some good ones. If you do one, it's 50-50 chance. But as you do more, you you increase your chance to succeed. And you'll find places where the open mics are better for you or more supportive, but still do the other ones that are hard so you get better in tough situations. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Um, I don't have a follow-up to that. Absolutely. So um, I just took the class for the first time. This is the first time I've ever actually written a joke. I don't have that many of them. And so I know it's a limited amount of time that you have to pick your jokes. So should I read my jokes to my friends when I'm trying to pick jokes for the open mic?
0: It wouldn't hurt, but don't get hung up on if they don't laugh. Because what I find when I run it by my wife, if she doesn't laugh, it's probably a pretty good joke. (laughs) 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 Uh, But at the same point, your friends are going to probably laugh a little bit just because... you're in a vulnerable spot trying out jokes on your friends, and they know that, so they're going to probably give you a courtesy chuckle. Uh, but see, really look at them for that big. Re- if you get a big reaction, that's probably a, a realistic re- reaction. If it's a c- little comedy chuckle, it may not actually be funny yet.
3: Yeah, I think they think it's funny that I just took the class. <laughs> right, right. So That's you know not really a good indicator. But then also, I mean, I, I clearly think all the jokes are funny because I wrote them. Sure. So somewhat something inside me thinks they're funny, but I mean, is there besides actually going out and doing it is there any way to get another indicator of well, whether it's total total loss
0: if you can write a super short version of that joke as a tweet if you're on twitter tweet the joke out and see if you get a response and if you get zero responses either you don't have enough followers <laughs> 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 or it didn't connect but if you got a decent size following and you start tweeting stuff out uh, it'll give you a brummer not every joke you tweet that gets a lot of reactions is gonna be funny on stage so just know that but if a lot of people like it and start sharing it it probably has more to it so same thing with Facebook posts or however you put it on a meme and put it on Instagram. But there's now a lot of advantages in media that I didn't have when I first started. You can kind of get a feel for it. And a lot of times in the comments, somebody will comment something that becomes a tagline for you. So if they like the premise and the setup and the punchline, they tag it with something, just say, hey, I'm going to use that. and Just tell them right there, I'm going to use that.
3: So you just got to tell them I got to use it? Mm-hmm. And then that's cool? That's cool. Okay.
4: Should you worry about somebody stealing material from social media?
0: I wouldn't. But people are going to steal, will steal. And sometimes you'll never know. Sometimes it'll come back really fast. Hey, this guy just took your joke. But if you worry about stealing, you're not going to write or share as much. And if you don't share as much, you're not going to find out if it's funny fast enough. So what I was always told when I first started by the guys that were before me were like, write more than people can steal. If you write more than they can steal, you're always going to be ahead of them anyway. And then as you get better at putting your point of view in the joke, it's going to be harder for them to steal. Because they didn't have your family situation or whatever that that made that joke happen, so never never fear stealing. It's it's going to happen, but it, just make peace with it. And hey, if they're stealing your stuff, it must be pretty good, yeah. <laughs> right? So take it as a compliment. Uh, don't let other comics get away with it too much, but it'll happen. All right, good good question, Cassandra. Thanks. <laughs> She's like I'm. I'm not even going to try an open mic now. <laughs> that was way too complex. All right, you want to jump in next and get right up on the microphone like you're doing a radio interview there. And tell us who you are and why you took the class. Real yeah, quick. my name's
4: Ed, and I uh, took the class because I uh, train and work with nonprofit fundraisers and how to develop better asks. And I think comedy is a great way to connect with people, and you know, I try to teach them in a way that I can, and I thought the class would kind of help with that.
0: Cool. And just to be clear, develop better asks.
4: Develop better.
0: Uh, a- yes, asking for money through fundraising.
4: Asking through yeah. money. Yeah, asking for money. Because this class doesn't
0: have a lot of cardio to it. To- Develop right. anything. Else.
4: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah And I, yeah. So that's what I do. And that's why I took the class. And uh, to kind of looking past uh, Cassandra's question into, I was listening to a recent podcast of yours. Um, and you mentioned the, I think it was the Midwestern
0: Speakers Bureau uh, Speakers Showcase.
4: Speakers Br- Bureau Showcase. Yeah. So I was wondering, what are the requirements to be part of the showcase? And just how do you, who do you talk to? Who do you speak to? How do you get into that? Uh, level of, I guess, kind of auditioning, really.
0: Sure, yeah. So um, the Speakers Bureau showcase happens with different Speakers Bureau will have like a, a night or a day for that case what you're talking about it was a morning, at the first 8 till noon, where they invite all the different meeting planners in the area, different corporate folks in to watch. I think we had 10 different, maybe 12 different speakers do 12 minutes apiece. So it's not their full hour presentation or their whole workshop, whether it's a day or whatever, two-day workshop. They give it a little sample and then the people get to sit there and, and say, "Hey, I need this guy. This would be perfect for our sales meeting in June. This guy would be perfect for our Christmas party. This lady would be perfect for our training session." So it gives them a, a quick way to sample a lot of people live. And so, how do those speakers get to that point? You know, it's a it's a little bit of a, a road to travel on. Most speakers at that point will have at least an hour presentation down pat. Um, it might be motivational, might be inspirational. For me, I bring the funny and connect people through humor. And so there's. Those three types of speakers, there's also the celebrity speaker who's got some kind of notoriety, either nationwide household name type person that can sell tickets to an event, and that's why they want to have them there, or might be like an industry expert. Like if you want a, a, a wine expert, you'd probably pick Gary Vanderchuck because he's like known as the wine guy or whatever. So different speakers come through those different routes. The showcase, the like Angela who put on that showcase, she runs a Speakers Bureau, she wants to make sure first there's a diverse amount of speakers, different types, so that people c- coming can find something that they're looking for. So you you might have a great speech on whatever it is, but they might have six other speakers that are speaking on that same topic that she knows better. So it might be six years before you get into her rotation for that slot. Let's think of it as slots, you know. But to to get on her radar, what you'll need to be doing is, A, you'll need to have some video of you doing your program or your speech or your presentation, It doesn't need to be a full hour, but it should should show enough interaction that it gets their interest. And so it should look as professional as the people that are on that showcase. So one thing you could do right now is go to the Midwest Speakers Bureau Facebook page or website and look at the video clips um, on that site of the speakers they had. So they recorded that one, so you'll see that everybody's going to have like a blue background on that one, but go to their personal website and see what their quality of video was there because that's what got them to the showcase. And look at the quality of their promotional materials. Look at the quality of their you know, contact form, the response, all that stuff that makes them a good business person as well as being a speaker. So, do you have a topic in mind that you would speak specifically on, or that you do now, or that you might do?
4: Um, I, nothing specific, you know, right now, but uh, just kind of it piqued my interest in the in the previous podcast. So,
0: I mean, because you, you, does the
4: piece that you send into Angela, or whoever's mm-hmm. putting the showcase on, does that need to be um, a full? Does it need to be a performance, or can it be? It should be a live sample. Okay.
0: So, so say you were going to put on a program, a one-hour program to help nonprofits get better response for their drives. Sure. And that's something that you kind of you're an expert on, right? Right. So you'd put together probably no more than three takeaways in that speech. If it's an hour speech, you know, a lot of studies show if you try to teach people more than three things an hour, they just, they start blocking stuff out. And then build up some personal stories of how you learned how to do this. Like before I did the certain kind of ask for money, I used to do it this way and here's my results were okay. Then I changed this and that's what I can teach you guys here to do in the next 20 minutes. And so give them a takeaway. So when they go back to the office, they are already happy and spreading your name around and. Tweeting out your message and all that kind of stuff. And so you want to do that speech and you want to do it a lot, get good at it, then start recording it. And there's places you can get a, an audience for free usually, Rotary Clubs, Chamber of Commerce, sometimes do like lunch and learns. So it's not ideal they're eating while you're up there, or it's not ideal because it's not paid, but you can get a video camera rolling and start to get video of you doing that speech. And then each of those times, you also ask them for a letter of recommendation. Maybe what I do now is a video testimonial. I'll, I'll take my video camera. I'll let them know ahead of time that I'm going to be doing this so it doesn't surprise them. I'll say, hey, after the program, it's important for me to get a quick testimonial. And you know, if I can just get that on my video camera, that'll be great. I can post it on my website, and I'll have somebody transcribe that too. And so now you've got video testimonial of you on stage in that place. Then you get got somebody that hired you in that space, and you can kind of start making these little mashups, little promo clips. And so when they go to your website, you'll need to have a website. You'll be able to showcase these different places where you spoke. You'll have good video clips of you speaking with the takeaways in there. And you might have a five minute clip where you just take your three best takeaways and sew them together. And then the testimony from the client that hired you, and maybe even people that were in the audience. You know, oh, we came here to this thing. We come every month. This is the first time anything's ever made sense. You know, Ed was great. He gave us all these great takeaways. And you start putting that into a little package on your website so when you try to contact somebody like Angela from that speaker's bureau, She sees, oh, he's already speaking. He's got testimonials. He's got a professional-looking website. I think we can put this guy in our slot. It'd be great. So it's a process, you know. But you're capable of doing all that stuff, and you've got expertise. And then, um, if you get to that spot, I can take you some other directions with it. But it's something to be thinking about. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. Very good. All right. Tell me who you are. Why? Why you set in on the class again?
1: Okay, Uh, my name is Jason Cronin. Actually, this is my second time here. And uh, actually, every time I come to the class, I get more and more out of Rick's comedy classes. I've taken all of Rick's comedy classes and highly recommend all of them. Hold on, Uh, I'm going
0: to record that. (laughs)
1: Sounds good. I'm not paid for this now. So (laughs) this is a free (laughs) promotion. So, but I always loved comedy throughout my whole life. I feel like I'm a very witty person, but I never wrote it on paper. And I love performance. Uh, I've done anything from uh, dancing and I'm actually a personal trainer and uh, exercise physiologist. And my real goal is to actually do uh, comedy-style fitness where I I make my clients laugh while I'm working out with them, as well as uh, I want to do guest uh, presentations with comedy at wellness conventions so that I can make people laugh and give them more of the funny during the serious conference, maybe at the end of the day for recreation or for like just relief, comic relief at the end of the day. Or do guest speaking. I did anti-bullying, and I made it funny. Which was a good idea. There you go. For kids with anti bullying. So I have wellness and anti bullying background. So
0: That's excellent. And what's mm-hmm. your question today?
1: Oh, the question is about doing character work. So due to the fact that I am a trainer, I started work on a country style personal trainer and I wanted to incorporate that in my act, but I haven't done that. And it's kind of using like a southern style, kinda of, not to be mean, redneck style voice. And I wanna see if that would go into my act, but I haven't tried it yet. So I wanna see what your outtake is on that. So, so you you do it in your personal training for fun? I do it in my sketches. And I do sketches. redneck style personal training sketches with like using um, ratchet straps on trees, call them strap ups, and all this other stuff okay. with the redneck voice and the mullet haircut. <laughs> right. And so you're the making little videos of this. Videos, and I put them on my. In in I have a cooking show that I do comedy style cooking show where I put them in sketches that are improv sketches as so, the commercials. It's so
0: like healthy eating. Yeah, commercials going into your redneck workout, yeah, redneck, routine.
1: and I th- they think they're real commercials, but it's actually improv sketches. Gotcha, that are done with other comedians in the area as well.
0: So, and th- and that's working. So you're just wondering if you can bring that into your stand-up standup. Yeah,
1: yeah. as maybe as just like a, a small two minute bit talking about what would a redneck personal trainer sound like, and yeah. maybe do the voice and the and the movements. Well, I think it, what's great is
0: you've already got the the stuff online to back you up, so you can pretty much say. Hey, I do stand up, but I want to let you know about this other stuff I do. I actually do some redneck workouts. And if you don't know what that's like, it's like this. And do a little sample of it. And then say, if you want to know more about that, go to this website or your YouTube channel and get some subscribers that way. You know, you're doing a little live sample of it. And maybe if you have a video that's got more responses than all the rest, it's probably the funniest one. And maybe just do a little bit from that video live in your stand up. Okay. And um, I would, now people may disagree with me that are listening, but. I would also find a, a way to involve somebody from the audience while you do that. Okay. So, I'm a personal trainer. I do this Redneck video series. Uh, sir, would you mind getting up here <laughs> and help me? out? I'll, I'll teach you something here on stage. That's It's going to be funny. I know you. You're funny already. So, mm. if you'll find some, some things that work every single time when you get an audience member out to do that, and that can become a little bit that you do. That's good. It could, it could be, end up being your closing bit, even. Nice. But I find, and again, comics listening will disagree sometimes, but... Having an audience member on stage for a grand finale—it's my favorite thing. They've listened to me for 55 minutes. I'm gonna like, okay, this last five minutes is—I'm gonna make somebody else hear the star. And you'll, you'll forget I was even here because Ed from accounting is gonna be the crazy guy that rocked it uh, out at the nice. end. You know, nice. So that's one way you can kind of bring it in, make it memorable, and maybe you start recording your shows. You record everything anyway, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So yeah. you can take some of those live versions and put them on the YouTube channel next to the clips you've already got. I got it. Yeah. And so people see like it's a thing you do other places. That's awesome so i would try that and see how how it goes because right now i do a character but it's not a
1: redneck it's i'm like a hip-hop singer and i I write songs basically for comedy but i i do it with a looper or i do it with my drums and i incorporate that into my show so i'm doing comical stand-up yeah you're like a
0: one-man band crazy skit machine yeah basically (laughs) you're a one-man variety show
1: i just can't stand still so i guess that's why that's good well try
0: out that thing get get a guy involved on stage or a girl and do a workout thing and Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see that clip. It's been funny.
1: That'd be good. I'll try that next time, yeah. You're very back. good. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate You're it. Back, Jason.
0: Awesome. Welcome back to the podcast, Strossy. <laughs> you heard him a couple of weeks ago. How's it going, sir? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Good to see you sitting in the classes.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's good to be back. I just wanted to come in and do a refresher course with you because it was... Uh beneficial to me the first time i just needed to get back to that excellent
0: what's on your mind today
5: um so i'm thinking about beyond what where i've got to now like what i want to expand my my stage presence and character so i wanted to find out about doing improv classes or uh, some kind of acting classes i know you've talked about brian bates doing classes for that kind of thing before so what kind of things are available or what i should be looking at for that
0: yeah, if you want to get better at doing characters on stage, uh, acting classes I think would be great. Brian Bates did take one here in town. He loved it. Um, put him in different situations, ready to memorize things and step out of his normal character. And I think you can you can definitely start to put those little characters into your show in small pieces. You know, just in any joke you have now, um, you can include a character's reaction to that joke. You know, so you're having... a a joke. You're at a restaurant or whatever, and you say something to the waitress, and she laughs. Well, you, you could, or the guy wait, waiter, you could make that guy waiter the voice that you're thinking of experimenting with, and sure. develop that character. So you can take something you already have and uh, insert a character into it. Yep. And if it doesn't get a laugh, it's just, it was just going to be a tagline anyway. It's not a lot of pressure on it. But if it does work, maybe you have a lot of back and forth with that character, and you you kind of test the waters with it yep. before you kind of bring it in as a standalone thing. Yeah. So that's that's one way to maybe look at it. Um, improv classes can only help you for sure. Uh, most improv classes will do character work where you can't be yourself. You have to be somebody else in the scene. And if they catch you being yourself, they'll snap you out of it. Okay. So I, I definitely recommend doing one of those, whether it's mine or somebody else's, uh, whatever's most available to you, you know, the sooner the better, and get used to being out of your normal self. And to do that, you know, I look at my kids. My kids... I've got this old prop bag from when I was doing improv, different wigs, hats, scarves, jackets. And that's a fun way to kind of immediately physically get yourself out of your normal thing. And sometimes it gives you – you give yourself the permission to kind of goof around. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, you go out in public and nobody would know that that's a funny hat for you. It's, you know, you could be that character, be that you know, at the gas station, just be that character all day long and own it. You know, yeah. I like think I,
5: putting a hat on gives people a license to do whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, I to.
0: mean, a th- hat and a scarf, a boa—I don't care what it is. <laughs> you know, but immediately that you feel like you can be whatever. Um, if nothing else, just do that in your car driving between places. I mean, it may feel weird to you, but nobody else knows. It'd just be that wacky, wacky dude in the car, jamming out to whatever. Um, But get get it going soon, you know. Do a web series. Do what Jason does. You know, just do a character, and on video, and maybe it's a weekly thing where it's that character's perspective on the news or the sports or a certain topic, entertainment, whatever you you would normally talk about on stage. Yeah. Or maybe that you don't talk about on stage because you don't have a character that you think fits it. Develop one and make a little web series. You know, the only thing that's going to happen if nobody watches it is, is you know that it, it didn't grab anybody's attention. So you delete it. Nobody nobody shares stuff that nobody watches.
5: Start another one.
0: Right? Have you ever shared something that nobody watches? No, because you watched it. That's why you shared it. Uh, it's such a huge advantage to have YouTube channels, even a quick Facebook Live thing. You know, you can step into that character. And I would think, too, if I was going to, experiment with it i would commit to it again for a chunk of time i would do that character at least 10 weeks in a row every monday at 10 a.m they recap what happened during the weekend maybe in their own life maybe in their own make-believe life or maybe in the news right. but just find something where you hold yourself accountable and it, you know 10 weeks in a row may not get a ton of traction but it might get enough to where people are like oh i can't wait to see what ha- what straw doing this monday yeah and then if you don't do it they're like man what happened to you then you know you had something they were looking <laughs> forward to okay um but yeah, find little ways to work it in. Improv is great because, again, they'll they'll force you to be in characters. One thing you can do easily too without any makeup or any kind of garb is put yourself in a different age. Like when I do my improv class, one of the warm-up exercises we do, everybody just walk around the room in a circle as a 3-year-old. Now do it as a 90-year-old. Now do it as your own age. Now do it as, a, as the opposite sex. And you just physically put yourself in different places. And that kind of sometimes can initiate a thought or an idea or a comedic idea that you can run with. Yeah. So okay. just kind of just jump right into it. Sounds good. <laughs> you know,
5: it's, it's a good idea. I like the video a bit. Yeah, video is such a idea. great thing now. Yeah.
0: Because, A, you're not going to post the video till you like it. So you may never post it. <laughs> 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 but you can at least reshoot it three or four times or ten times so you kind of get something that you think is, is worth putting up. Then put yeah. it up. And if nobody watches it, take it down and... Make the next one episode one. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> just yeah. keep deleting episode one until you get somebody to view it, then <laughs> episode two. It's,
5: uh, that's kind of sparked me a little bit because I have a friend that does that kind of thing. He he has an alter ego, and he just does a random video. He d- and there's no time frame on him, but it's a really it's an interesting exercise, the whole thing. Well,
0: what, if, what if you and him set up once a week, he can be whatever random thing he's going to be, but you're going to be that same character ten weeks in a row. And so you, you've got a date that you got to do it, and it's got to get done, and it benefits both of you.
5: Yeah, that's a good idea. Sounds good. Cool, man. All Make right. sure you send me a link when you get it up there <laughs>
0: okay. to that 15th episode one. <laughs> It'll be on Straussy.com. Straussy.com, There you go. Let them know where to find you. Cool, Excellent. Thanks, man. You bet. All right. We've got another student stepping up. Tell them a little bit. Tell us who you are and why you took the class first.
2: Well, my name's Scott. And... Uh, I've always wanted to um, try my hand at this art form. I've been a stage actor and done improv in my past. And um, regret I haven't tried to do it sooner in life, but maybe it's never too late. Right. So.
0: um, I mean, maybe it is. We don't know.
2: Well. Jury's out. That's true. (laughs) You never know. But I just wanted to you know, get a different perspective, and I have. I mean, this this way that stand-up works, the techniques, the structuring of the jokes into material, bits and material, is fascinating. It's different than anything else I've ever done in writing or anything creative. Cool. And uh, also I may have an opportunity to do some radio work in the next year on the side and I'm thinking it might help me in developing some characters and some sure. material to enter, you know, include as part of what we're doing. Cool. Um, my question is once we take these techniques and ways that we structure the jokes and actually they become jokes and bits and material, as you develop material how do you know that what direction that material is taking you in terms of developing your own unique style or persona mm-hmm. as a comic
0: yeah that's a great question because it can take a little while transforming the jokes into the jokes coming from you you know like we could all probably write 10 jokes and and swap them out right now cuz we haven't developed our perspective that much and any of us can do those 10 jokes with the same re- reaction probably from the audience are slightly different but as you get going on you know further and further into it um, you will start writing jokes that should almost only work for you I mean that's that's the ideal thing it doesn't happen for everybody and some people write topical that anybody could take and, and say so what what science do you look for that it's working and it's working in a certain direction uh, one of the best things you can do and I actually recommend this to uh, some people in my business class that I do online is ask other people to describe you when you're on stage so you start to hear what they're thinking and so if they all come back if they all i mean if they all use the same words and you know you've got a perspective already and you you can determine if that's the perspective you wanted to have or it just happened because you may end up developing perspective that that's not what you intended to but it works
2: that's kind of how i'm seeing that that could happen yeah very easily end off in a different direction than what you thought yeah, you're supposed to be. You're going to be.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of times, I know when I first started, I want to be like, I wanted to be Steve Martin. He made me laugh harder than anybody. He's just so absurd. And I tried some Steve Martin type stuff, but obviously, he's a genius, and I'm not. So I was able to pull it off. But I found through many years of finally what finally works for me. It, it took a while for me. Uh, the key was I kept writing jokes along the way and got good at that process over time. So that when I did kind of tap into what works. I could write the jokes faster and see things quicker that would fit into who I am on stage now. But that, I think that the very best thing you can do is start to ask people who come out and see your show or if you've got video clips up online if you at a show, you can email clips to your friends and maybe people I haven't seen you in a while and say, hey, I'm doing stand-up. Could you do me a favor and just describe what you see, like what my style is? And if that seems weird, you could say, I'm, I'm getting ready to write a bio and do some publicity. I, I kind of need to know what people see when I'm on stage so, so give me some clues here and just look for things that are similar if five out of seven people use three or four similar descriptive terms that'll help you know right away and that's uh, and that's something you should do every once in a while anyway like three years from now it could change a little bit so kind of get back in touch the other thing to do um, obviously sometimes after a show you don't feel like sitting by the door as people exit but even on a bad show I would always at a comedy club I'd always sit by the door just say hey thanks for coming just kind of be that guy but be listening for hey man you were interesting up there mm-hmm. <laughs> okay I, I was interesting for like three years but not funny mm-hmm. but i was interesting they didn't leave when i was up there and then when i started hearing hey man you know how do you how do you fire off that many jokes that fast and remember what you're doing then it kind of got in my head okay i'm a am I'm a, a joke slinger you know and i was that guy for a long time and now it's kind of more of a, a storyteller joke slinger as far as style but I didn't know that stuff. I wouldn't know it if I didn't ask or listen. And a lot of times, you can be totally different up here than you are to everybody else. You know, in your mind, you've got this vision of, you know, I'm so and so on stage. I'm just, but you're not at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, for a long time, I thought I was like somebody. I was not even close. <laughs> uh, so I, I hope that helps. Another thing yeah. too is for everybody when you hit your first open mic or when you're doing characters or when you're doing your program or whatever. Just realize that when you're in front of a group, you probably want to be 110 or 120 percent of who you are. Um, Just don't casually walk up and take the mic and have no energy. You know, you want to bring a little bit the best possible, interesting, funny version of you on the mic every time. And if you incrementally make that better every single time you go up, it won't be long before you're just killing it. So, little baby steps, like Jason said, and just work your way up to it. But eventually, you'll find out who it is and who you are on stage and sometimes honestly you know you go for a while and you're like i'm I'm a mildly funny dude you know for a while like that's i was mildly interesting for many years so i figured out some of the stuff that i'm teaching you guys now and i was at peace with that i had nothing else going on in my life (laughs) but if i was trying to do that now with two kids and i in my mind i was thinking i was going to jump into being a stand-up when i had responsibilities they wouldn't have been a, a smart thing to do so you always be in tune with what's going on and uh it's a journey If you enjoy the process, it'll be fun the whole time. Fair enough. Very good. Cool. Thanks. I'm going to wrap it up here. I know everybody's got things to head out and do. Thanks for sticking around for the after-school special. Class dismissed. (laughs) There you go. Great questions from a bunch of bright students here in Nashville. Always enjoy teaching the classes. There will be more classes coming up in Nashville in 2017. Just check out the website schooloflast.com to find out when those classes are. And if you're in an area where you think you could use uh, a workshop and I could come in and teach the workshop, if you think you can get eight or more students there at uh, at the workshop, Shoot me an email, and we'll talk pricing and see if we can make it work. I do travel quite a bit, so it might be able to tie it into one of my travels. I can maybe stay over and uh, teach the workshop there in your area. So let me know if that interests you, and uh, I'll see what I can do for you. All right, take it easy. Pace yourself. Now go do some more of that Christmas shopping. I'm going to get me some earwax candles. Saw that at Walmart. How does that not lead to a Richard Pryor accident every single time? I'm not sure. Anyway, take care. Talk to you next time. (laughs)
1: listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.